All righty. Welcome, my loves. It is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN. We uh, made it to Friday. Josh Schmidt is at Master Control, and I would like to uh, pick up, and I, I warned you I, I would probably be doing this. I'd like to pick up with where we left off yesterday because there was tremendous interest in the topic yesterday. Um, there is a uh, volunteer vacuum in western New York, and it's being especially felt in the uh, in the local volunteer fire companies. And there's a real problem getting younger people involved in the volunteer fire companies. And a lot of the people who are there are people who are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and even beyond. We heard a guy uh, talk about one of his fellows who was doing ambulance runs into his mid-90s. Ambulance runs into his mid-90s. True story, according to the caller. So if uh, you are with a uh, local fire company, if you are with a local volunteer fire company or fire department, and you want to put out the call for volunteers, this would be an excellent opportunity to do exactly that because I would like to help you get some new uh, bodies in there. Now, one of the problems, I see there's a, there's a couple of things here that are going on. By the way, the phone number to call is 803-0930. That's 803-0930, star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. Those are the phone numbers, so call early because yesterday I had to leave people on the line disappointed. It kind of started slowly, and then it built to a crescendo, and then by the end I couldn't take everybody, so I'd like to uh, rectify that uh, today. How's that? Okay. So, uh, yeah, I just found out today that sometime back in December this show was voted the number eight show in the country as far as uh, middle market news talk formats. That was kind of weird. But anyway, just found that out uh, today, according to the uh, Barrett News Media people, who clearly do not have good taste. But anyway, that was, uh, yeah, that was the word I got. So, uh, we were talking about uh, volunteers, and let's just consider some things here. And some of these things came up yesterday. Um, it is getting impossible to staff paid police departments. Yes, paid police departments are practically begging. They're practically combing cemeteries to find people who want to work as cops. And I think it goes back to 2020. It may actually predate that. But I think a lot of it goes back to the George Floyd murder and all of the ramifications from that, all of the attacks on uh, police that that uh, particular murder engendered and provoked. Um, and I don't think it was a fair provocation, by the way, obviously. You don't punish somebody for wearing a uniform. Uh, you punish the people who were involved in the murder of George Floyd. And those people were punished and uh, are going to continue to be punished. And uh, at least one of them is never going to see the light of day again. But the, uh, the situation is that right now you can't find people who want to be cops. And this is causing some real staffing concerns with a lot of the chiefs in the area. You know, it used to be, seriously, back in the 1980s, I have mentioned this a lot, but a lot of the local departments raised the um, minimum education level because some at one point had a high school education. Then they said, well, two years college. And then they were able to say four years college. So I don't know whether those requirements are going to be reduced to attract more people to police work, whether that would work. But 
it, it, it's it's obviously a situation that is not found only in uh, public safety. It's a situation that is found throughout the workplace. It is pretty pretty well impossible for a lot of employers to find people who actually want to work. I mean, every restaurant, every restaurant of note has its core group of people that you see all the time, and they've got their regular schedules. And then, you know, there are people who drift in and out uh, periodically, but they've, they've got a core. And I'm sure that with the uh, volunteer fire department, you guys have a core of people on whom you rely greatly. Now, one of the things that came up yesterday as far as this volunteer vacuum is concerned is the many hours of training that are required in order for you to become a volunteer firefighter. You just don't show up at the fire hall and say, hey, I want to be a volunteer firefighter. Well, suit right up and we'll get you on the next call. It, it doesn't, doesn't work that way. Uh, there's a whole training process that you have to go through. And I wonder if uh, that has taken some of the uh, would-be volunteers out of the mix. In other words, hey, I want to serve the community, want to do a good job for other people, but I cannot dedicate X number of weeks to training when you're trying to work full time, maybe raise kids, get people back and forth to softball, baseball, hockey, lacrosse, you name the sport, whatever season it happens to be. So I don't honestly know what the future of volunteer fire departments is going to be. And I was thinking about this last night. We may actually be hitting a point where volunteer fire departments are no longer uh, even a doable thing if you don't have people who want to volunteer. And then you have to ask the question, well, since people don't even want to work as police officers, is it going to be any different when it comes to paid firefighters? Are we actually going to have a public service, uh, public safety crisis in America because we simply don't have enough police officers and we don't have enough firefighters. I mean, if you live in Chittawaga and you're having a house fire, I mean, how would you feel if uh, the people from Hamburg had to come and fight your fire? By the time you got there, your house would be nothing but ashes. So the based on the calls I heard yesterday, I would have to say that the state of the volunteer fire service, based on those phone calls, I would say it's in critical, very critical, possibly even grave condition. If you're not attracting young blood, you cannot keep something going. Because as we get older, as you know, if you are an older person, you know, your, your friends, um, they, they die. And, um, you know, some of them die way too young. But as you, uh, as you progress through life, you will find that, uh, that people, unfortunately, around you uh, develop illnesses, develop disabilities, and they're not able to do the things they were able to do when they were 20, 30, 40 years old. It happens. Um, the body tends to uh, wear out. The spirit might be strong, but uh, the body might be weak. So I, I want to find out. You know, if, if you have a, a volunteer fire department and you need some new blood, what is the problem? And I'd love to hear from younger people who have volunteered to be a member of their local volunteer fire company. If you want to make a pitch to other younger people uh, so that they, too, volunteer, I will absolutely entertain those calls. I'm trying to do a little bit of public service radio here today. But if the calls we took yesterday are any indication of where the volunteer fire service is, 
Um, I think it's in deep trouble. I think it's in I think it's in grave condition. Uh, if you're not attracting young people, you die, and it's like that for any business. Um, and, and I'm not suggesting that volunteer firefighting is a business. I think it's a passion with people. In some cases, it's a a family tradition, kind of like police work in uh, that respect. But it, it, if your business isn't attracting new blood, eventually your business dies. Um, Buffalo News, anyone? I mean, that would be a classic example. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Let's go to uh, Gary in Alden. Gary, you're on WBEN. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you. Hey, I just wanted to say I went to a local volunteer fire department maybe eight years ago, and I just moved into town. The substation's right conveniently located to the house, you know, a couple hundred feet. And I told them I wanted to be a volunteer fireman, and they they handed me an application. Said, "Great, you got to fill this out, no problem, and you can need two references from the fire department to get in." I said, "Well, I don't know any firemen that belong here." He said, "Well, great, then have a good day." And he grabbed the application out of my hand and said, "Have a good day." And oh. I was kind of aggravated by it because I just because you don't know firemen don't mean you can't be a fireman. Well, I, that that seems. I mean, what are you joining some secret fraternity, or you want to be a volunteer firefighter? Uh, that. I, I, I'm surprised that they acted that way. I mean, they they, they must not have needed you uh, very badly. I wonder if that would be any different now. Uh, it was how, why why couldn't they have accepted references from people you knew in the area from which you had moved? They said you needed two references from firemen already in the fire company. I said I don't know anybody. He says great. They took the application out of my hand and said have a good day. That's that. That doesn't even seem remotely right to me. I I would be very hard pressed to. Well, I guess I wouldn't be, but uh, I, I could see how I easily could be very hard pressed to come up with references to the volunteer fire company that serves my area. I just happen to know two because they live in my street. But um, that's pretty wild, dude. That's very wild. So I've you you wanted the volunteer years. and you got turned away. I've been there eight years. I still don't know any firemen in the fire company. To be honest. Well, you could start oh. hanging around the fire hall on Saturdays offering to wash their gear, you know. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Might be a possibility. Do you still want to do it? I, I, It kind of turned me off, but I'd still be willing just because I'd, I'd like to help the community. I mean, it's conveniently located. It's not like it would take me 20 minutes to get to the fire hall. I'd be the first one there every time. Well, I, you know, given the situation uh, that the volunteer fire service is in right now, I, I would suggest that you go back there and explain the situation. Say, look, eight years ago, this is what happened. I still want to volunteer to be a firefighter here. I don't know any firefighters here, but you do have references in the community, right? Yeah, I could do that all day long. Yeah, I mean, say, look, I can. I, here are some references of fine quality citizens who can attest to my soundness of character, my moral fitness, which basically is a translation for you know how to cover your sins, which is good. Um, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that's what I would do, and, and let us know how it works out. Yeah, what night is drill night? Do you, do you know offhand? I, I don't. Well, it would depend. Well, it, it it depends on how many women are there. Now, it's uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, it it, de it depends on the fire hall. Some are Tuesdays, some are Wednesdays, some are Thursdays. Call the fire hall and ask him. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. And give it a shot. All right. Thank you very much. All Good right. luck, Have Gary. Keep us posted. All right. Anybody in a uh, a fire department? Does does his story uh, stand scrutiny? 
And, and would you do that today? Would you tell somebody who just moved into your town, well, you have to come up with the names of two volunteer firefighters in our department. Um, that seems a little extreme to me. Uh, it would seem to me that you basically would just have to come up with a couple of references in the community in which you now live or maybe the community where you used to live, where people actually knew you. But uh, is, is that common practice? In, in order to be a member, you've got to have a reference by a member. I know that some of the lodges um, work that way. I know the, uh, well, just talked about this last Saturday at the disco. I know the Moose Lodge acts that way. You've got to have a sponsor in order to uh, be a moose. And no, there were no moose d- uh, dancing at the Moose Disco. Kind of disappointed by that. But then again, they're a little heavy on their feet. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, if you need people in your fire department and you want to make a pitch, this would be a great place to do it. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. And it is Carolyn in uh, Depew. Carolyn, you are on. Hello. Hi, Tom. Um, I just wanted to give a pitch um, to um, the... Well, for, for my granddaughter, she, well, my, to, to go back, my husband has been um, a fireman for over 50 years in the Depew Hook and Ladder. And I think um, her, his influence um, influenced my daughter, my granddaughter. She is a member of the Chafee Sardinia Volunteer Fire Company, and that uh, became evident when um, Pioneer High School offered an EMT course. As a senior in high school, she took that course, and when she graduated, she took the state exam, passed it, and now she, you know, is uh, part of the company for the last two years. And I think if more high schools would offer that course, you'd, you know, you'd get the interest of these kids Maybe to join. What high school did she attend? Pioneer. Oh, that's, that's right, Pioneer. I'm sorry, I should know that because my ex-wife's mom worked there for many years. Um, wait, was it Pioneer or Iroquois? Might have been Iroquois. Never mind. Disregard. So okay. anyway, um, that's that's actually quite quite interesting. Now, Chafee Sardinia, did they get called out to that fire in Springville, which prompted this whole conversation? You know, I'm not sure. I don't want to say. Okay. I, I suspect maybe. Well, does she? She uh, is an- not actually answering fire calls. She's strictly EMS. And, and how does she like it? Oh, she loves it. She loves it. She's, she, in fact, <laughs> just two weeks ago, she invited my husband, her grandfather, to their anniversary dinner. She um, was so proud that, you know, he's been a fireman all these years, and she wanted to show him off. So, I mean, it's it's something that the kids, it would be great if more high schools would do this. How old was your granddaughter when she got involved? Well, she was a senior in high school. So she was 17. She graduated two years ago. And, um, yeah, she's been with the fire department now two years. So she's one of the younger people. And does she tell yeah. you, uh, hey, Grandma, there's a real problem. We just don't have enough people down here. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Do you think that the volunteer fire service is in grave condition? Because that seems to be 
I, I mean, you know, when I hear people calling in from uh, Marilla and people calling in from, uh, well, you're talking about your granddaughter in Chafee, Sardinia, and Cheektawaga, the Doyle people, and Brighton Number 5, we had some calls yesterday from those people. When I hear that they're all experiencing the same problem attracting volunteers, how could I not think that the future of the volunteer fire service is in grave danger? Oh, for sure. I mean, in my husband's company, it's the old timers that are doing (laughs) uh, a lot of the work. There's a couple of new guys, but they're always looking for new recruits, always. Well, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, um, you know, what happens, I I mentioned this um, earlier, uh, what happens as you get older is, you know, your knees wear out, your back wears out, your neck bears, uh, wears out. You uh, worry about getting a hernia if you lift things the wrong way. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong in the body, uh, especially if you have genetic predispositions, not to mention um, cardiac issues, which you know, a lot of people develop in their uh, 50s and 60s. So it's, uh, you know, it, it, it really is necessary for younger people to step up and uh, grab the mantle of volunteerism. And I'm not sure that what I heard yesterday as far as incentivizing uh, is going to be enough. I know. I mean, they do have a program here in Depew where he now he's collecting a pension. Um, It's a great program if the guys would stick with it. Sometimes, you know, they only stay in a couple of years. And um, I think it's been mentioned by other people listening to your program yesterday. What happens is they're, their kids grow up, they get involved in sports. You know, it's it's these younger guys that are now uh, coaches and um, transporting their kids to sports events in the evening when they could be taking training for the fire service. Indeed, you know, it, it's. Yeah, it's a it's a problem. Well, really we got it. We got well. We're trying to we're trying to help out with that problem. Uh, yesterday, we're trying to help out with it today because yeah. I think it's an important community service that uh, we can do. Talk radio is never going to change the world, but a situation like this, we might be able to make a small dent in it. I hope so. Um, so, do you, you must know Professor Mike. I don't know Professor Mike. I did listen to the show yesterday, but no, I don't know him. You know. Uh, I'm sure my husband probably does. He's out shoveling right now. Oh, well, keep an eye on him, okay? (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Carolyn. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for doing this show. That's great. Absolutely. And congratulations on a wonderful granddaughter volunteering at a young age. Apparently didn't go to college, but she is uh, a happy camper as an EMT. Uh, I'd love to hear from those of you who are younger people who are involved in local volunteer fire companies. I'd like you to make a pitch to other younger people because if all we do is attract a bunch of 60-year-olds, that's just a short-term Band-Aid fix. You have to attract a bunch of 20- and 30-year-olds in order to have a viable volunteer firefighting force going forward into the distant future. And this is, look, this is a great source of concern because, look, if people aren't even signing up to take police exams, and, you know, frankly, police officers make a lot of money and they have really good benefits and obviously the money gets better over time overtime court time you do extra work your last few years to pad the pension a little bit um, it's a good it's a good deal however um, given what we've seen in the news and what we're probably going to see later on today uh, a lot of people don't want the uh, 
they, they don't want the risk. They don't want to. They don't want to be the next viral video, especially those who have seen other people unfairly accused, like Ferguson, Missouri. It is uh, 28 minutes after 2 at News Radio 930 WBEN. Trying to help the uh, volunteer fire service today, as we did yesterday. little community spirit here. Smells like community spirit. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. All right, it is Bowerly on News Radio 930 WBEN and uh, talking about the volunteer vacuum. And this is a story that we talked about yesterday. Big fire in Springville the other night, arson fire, uh, allegedly set by a woman I would like to bring home to mom as my future wife. Um, not going to lie. I mean, I think she's she's got it going on in every single way. But... Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, I mean, I could do worse. But anyway, the uh, situation with your local fire department, those of you who are in the fire service, I'd love to hear about your man and woman power needs. I'd love to hear from younger people who have gotten involved in the fire service, um, and I'd, I'd love to find out where we are because it doesn't look real promising. Now, I got an email from somebody saying that they had emailed their local fire hall inquiring about how to be a volunteer, and no one got back to them. Well, I don't know why that would be the case. Um, sometimes you have to be uh, persistent, especially when people are going through a manpower shortage. A lot of times the email is going to take a back seat to everything else. And if, if most of the people in the fire service are older, um, older people don't look at email the way younger people look at email and texting, if that makes any sense at all. I mean, they tell me that there are still people in this world who actually write out envelopes and put stamps on the upper right corner and the return address in the upper left and send them out. Now, I know that might sound weird, but it actually happens. Most of those people write to me. 803-0930 is the phone number. Star 930 on the cell phone, 1-800-616-WBEN. Uh, let's go to Bryce in uh, Alden. And Bryce, you are on. Hello. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me on today. Hello. Hey, Tom. Hello. Yes. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yes. Um, I just wanted to call. I'm one of the assistant chiefs at uh, the Alden Fire Company, and um, I was just calling in reference to your previous caller. Um, earlier, he called and said that um, he had tried to apply eight years ago. I'm not sure. Uh, I was not here eight years ago, so I just wanted to um, let him know that now that's not a requirement. I'm not sure what it was back then, but I know for the last six years that I've been here, that hasn't been a requirement. So if he would like to come down on a Monday night and talk to me, I'd be more than happy to get him an application. Okay, so Monday night, the Alden Fire Hall, go talk to Bryce, the assistant chief, to get an application. So what, what kind of things uh, are on the application, if not references? So we have just a typical reference sheet, your information, and then we have a um, arson background check that the sheriffs do for us. So all the information that's required by that, and then it has to be uh, signed and uh, notarized as well. 
So uh, tell us about your situation in Alden with uh, retaining and uh, recruiting people. So thankfully right now we are in a good, okay spot. We're managing. Um, We have several young guys who are working their way through training currently. Um, But it's it's a long process of just to get all your uh, training between EMT and fire. It typically takes people two to three years. Um, because they're they're balancing their normal life and stuff like that but while while they're there we can uh, allow them to run calls and do in-house training that uh, we do on monday nights to get them up to speed and then as they uh, receive training they can do more and more skills and things like that um but it's just tough because uh young guys that are they come in when they're living at home and then when they go to buy a house on their own sometimes there's homes that are not in their price range in alden so then they are forced to go elsewhere, and we end up losing them. Well, that's that's got to be tough. Um, what what is your annual retention rate? Um, we well, we typically retain probably ninety five percent of our members, um, but it's those younger 24, 25 year old people that sometimes we lose either from them going away to college and getting a job, or like I said, having to move out out of the area when they purchase a home, get married, etc. Uh, very. <laughs> Excuse me. Very, very interesting. What are what are you hearing from uh, the other assistant chiefs and uh, big shots at the other volunteer fire companies? Um, a lot of them are in our area are doing okay right now. Um, I mean, there's always we're we're down members compared to what we were years ago. Um, we can always use more uh, daytime responses are difficult because not a lot of people work in town anymore. They tend to work out of town. Um, and so it doesn't allow them if they're in working in Tonawanda, et cetera, they can't respond to Alden obviously for a call. And that makes it tough during the day sometimes. So what do you think the future of the volunteer fire service is going to be? Um, personally, I think in some areas, some busier areas locally, you may see like paid per call, things like that. Um, unless something changes, uh, there are certain departments locally, um, For example, I know East Aurora, they've been doing a really good job at recruitment. Um, So it all depends on the area and how much time people, how much focus people can put onto the retention and recruitment aspect. Uh, Very interesting stuff. All right, Bryce, thank you very much. I appreciate hearing from you, and hopefully our previous caller from uh, Alden will uh, take you up on your offer. Thank you, Tom. All right, thank you very much. All right, uh, 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WP. B-E-N. I would like to find out just how bad the volunteering crisis is with the local volunteer fire departments, a discussion which was engendered by a terrible arson fire in Springville earlier this week. Um, 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. By the way, something else, just as an aside, I saw in the uh, investigative post story, a few people sent this to me, about the uh, Buffalo Fire Department just having a bunch of ramshackle fire trucks, and some are in service way past the recommended date of service. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, if we have any recently retired Buffalo firefighters who want to talk about the state of the equipment in the city of Buffalo, I'd, I'd certainly love to talk with you. Obviously, people are looking at it now more carefully after the blizzard than maybe before the blizzard. 
because nobody likes to see the sight of uh, fire trucks stranded, unable to get to a call, and uh, mired in uh, in snow. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. This is uh, your opportunity to make a pitch to get yourself some new recruits. Uh, here's Brad in uh, Marilla. Brad, you're on WBEN. Hello. Hi, Tom. How are you? Hello, Brad. Um First off, I want to thank you for doing the show yesterday and today because I think it's great to get a, a little attention to the issues we're having. But um, I'll just kind of give you what I got, and then I'll hang up and listen. But I just wanted to touch on the gentleman from Alden. Um, I think that's an evolution with the fire service over the years. Uh, years and years and years, decades ago, before me or my friend Bryce from Alden were involved, the rural communities, everybody kind of knew each other. And I think early on, the applications for fire companies and departments were basically based on a community that knew each other. So requiring references from the fire company was an assumption that everybody knows somebody. And I think that, uh, because like in Marilla, our application for years had that. Um, You needed three references from the fire company. And generally, you were lucky enough to meet three people when you walked in to apply, and they could be your references and stuff like that. But I... I wouldn't let that be a hang-up because I think that's just something from years gone by where where departments or fire companies wanted a reference or just wanted to double-check that somebody was a, a good addition to the company and not going to be a problem. So thanks again right. for doing the show. Well, no, I mean, we, I mean, I certainly understand the need for references, but uh, also can understand um, why that would turn somebody off if they had just moved into an area. Because, you know, if, uh, you, if you were to move down to Tampa tomorrow, it doesn't matter that everybody in Marilla knows Brad, the fire guy. Uh, nobody in Tampa does. Sure. No, that's 100%. And I, I, I really do believe, and I don't know the specifics about that, but I know up until probably 10 or 12 years ago, our application had something similar to that, you know, and it was just something that hadn't been changed. It was just something that was just how it was, you know, and, and, you know, the evolution of the fire service has been um, expedited over the last two decades. I would say things have changed rapidly from, and I mean, the communities have changed too. So I just wanted to shed a little light on what might've been the story with that. No, I, I appreciate that. And Brad, if you ever get a call at Kodiak Jacks, please make sure to respond quickly. Because they have the best. I have no idea where Kodiak Jacks is. You don't know where Kodiak Jacks is? I'm kidding. (laughs) I was going to say, dude. Sharpen up on a Friday. Sharpen up. Yeah, there's no way, man. No way. All right. Thanks very much, Brad. I appreciate it. Good good stuff. Yeah, Marilla. Marilla's got a lot of great people. And I mentioned Kodiak Jacks because that's my favorite place to go in Marilla. I mean, there's a whole world down there. In that uh, in that part in that part of the country, actually uh, getting off at uh, Jameson Road, I'm not sure if, if uh, they still do horseback riding for the general public, but off on the left, you'll see a whole bunch of horses running around, and uh, <laughs> never forget taking a horse out. And you know, don't anybody ever don't let anybody ever tell you that horses are stupid. Got up on top of the hill, the horse looked back at the barn. There was nothing I could do to keep that horse from just galloping back to the barn. He clearly did not want to be out walking around with me on his back. And it was uh, it was rather embarrassing because usually I'm pretty good with horses. This one had a mind of its own, and somehow I didn't feel like taking the whip to it. Well, they don't give you a whip, first of all, but not even a switch from a tree. But uh, horses, the thing I found about horses is when, uh, when you get on a horse that doesn't know you, they try to test you. They try to see... All right, how much can I get away with this guy? How much can I get away with this girl? 
Will he let me stop and browse every bit of uh, foliage I can find? Will he let me put my head down and drink into every puddle? Um, and then, you know, once once you establish with the horse that, no, you're not doing that. No, you're not. No, no, no. You're heading over this way. You're not heading that way, pal. They, they, get, they get to know. But this horse on that one riding place, which used to be in existence, I don't even know if they do it anymore, um, yeah, it definitely had a mind of its own. And these were the days when you didn't have a guide with you. You just take a couple of horses and uh, you just ride off into the woods. And uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was quite the uh, quite the experience. All right, let's go to uh, <laughs> stuff to laugh about it though. Here's Barbara in uh, Dunkirk on WBEN. Barbara, hello. You're on WBEN. We're talking about. Volunteer firefighters and the volunteer vacuum. Volunteer fire companies dying. I just wanted to point out to especially the young folks, you can take the firefighting career as far as you've got the energy to take it to. My husband became a junior firefighter at the age of 16 in Springbrook, New York. And after we got married, we ended up moving to Jamestown, New York. First, he was a dispatcher. He eventually was able to join the Jamestown, New York Fire Department, which is a paid department. Eventually, he retired as fire chief. He had been fire chief for 10 years. Along the way, he became a New York State Fire Instructor at the New York State Fire Academy, which is Manassas, New York. And he was a member of the New York State Fire Chiefs Association. So my point is, you can go as far as you want to go. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort, but it can be done, and it's a great, great job. He loved it. But he, he didn't get into it with the intention of uh, of going pro, right? Oh, sure he did. Oh, he did. Everybody has eyes in the sky when you're 16. Oh, okay. So, he, but, so are you saying that he used the volunteer fire service as his entree into the paid fire service? Yes, he did. And how did the people realize that when he was 16, but it didn't take him long to figure it out. And how did the people in Springbrook take that? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> well, you sound kind of delighted about the whole thing. Um, well, I'm sure they were sad to see him go, but I really don't know what their reaction was. Yeah, I mean, because I, I, I wonder how often it happens. I mean, we, the reason I, I'm, I'm making a deal out of this is yesterday we had a call from somebody who said uh, of the EMTs that they spend so much money and so much time to train the EMTs, and next thing you know, they take a job with one of the uh, ambulance companies. Right. And, and by the way, they do not get a percentage of those confiscatory, piratical, and obscene ambulance bills that you get sent. Uh, oh, of course not. No. Barbara, thank you very much. Appreciate the call. Glad your son had a very happy uh, career. He uh, retired when he was how old? 64. 64. All right. Thank you uh, very much. I appreciate it, Barbara. I never would have guessed Barbara had a 64-year-old son. I mean, when she said that, it could have, I thought she was going to say, well, 42. You know, or, you know, a lot of people retire from public service at a pretty young age. 803-0930, star 930, 1-800-616-WBEN. What's behind the manpower slide with the local volunteer fire companies? And if you are with a department that needs fresh blood, call in, tell us who you are, um, what department it is, when people can come down and see you, because I'm just trying to get the word out because, frankly, I, I don't want to see a world 
where you have a house fire and you live in a volunteer place and you pick up the phone and they tell you, okay, well, the nearest department's 20 minutes away. And meanwhile, you watch your house burn down to nothing. Uh, that, uh, that doesn't sound particularly fun to me. By the way, uh, always make sure to have some fire extinguishers around the house and make sure you check their dates of expiry. Uh, it's a ch- cheap way to have a little bit of protection for yourself. Here is Dave in Elma. You are on WBEN. David. Hi, good afternoon, Tom. How are you? Yes, sir. Uh, I've uh, been a member in Elma. You know, I've been a past chief there just recently passed, and I was there when I was about 35. I'm 62 years old. Joined the department when I was 18 because of a friend of mine who uh, who had belonged and his family was a member. And I did take a, a about a 10-year respite and then came back. I did it while I was uh, working. But we have a, a real issue. There's an issue all over everywhere. I mean, our, our department right now has about 25 people when we've had 50 most times in the past or somewhere in that area so it's about half the amount of people doing probably twice the amount of work good lord hey Um, how about uh, before we get back to the people how about your apparatus is your apparatus up to date (laughs) and and you know is it state-of-the-art stuff or are you dealing with apparatus from many years ago no we have uh (laughs) We have up-to-date, you know, there's always been a contention with that. You know, the, the city fire department uh, has some great people that belong there, and obviously they're a lot busier than some of the uh, the, the, the local uh, volunteer departments. Um, our stuff is, you know, is on the money, state-of-the-art, I would say, um, and it's extremely expensive. Uh, hence, that's why the, the city probably doesn't, spend a ton of money constantly i mean if things have to be uh done you have to save and you have to uh, do things on the uh on a regular basis or a rotating basis to keep your equipment new i mean we have a we have a, a paramedic ambulance that we uh we provide to to our uh, town members in the immediate area and, and we have uh, a couple of pumpers and a rescue truck i mean it's equipment's a big thing but yet you know, training the people to use it, and uh, that, that that's huge. How do you pay for the new equipment? Do you guys go on GoFundMe? Are there state grants? Uh, what do you do? We have uh, a yearly, uh, uh, we have a negotiated contract with our town. We have four departments in our town, um, and we negotiate a contract with the town. So we receive yearly money from them. We have a, uh, a mail-out uh Around November of every year, we have a mail-out fun drive. Uh, we've had sportsman raffles in the past, uh, and that's becoming a harder thing to do because of uh, the state coming down and, and uh, regarding regarding regulations from the Liquor Authority and uh, regarding weapons and uh, oh, absolutely! Yeah, th- see, this this is the face of New York State saying "screw you, Supreme Court." This is what happens right. when you have a state uh, mm-hmm. that wants to uh, uh, to inflict its will on the people, irrespective of a Supreme Court constitutional decision. You get people That's like correct. Dave and Elma uh, with his fire department uh, concerned about uh, fundraising. Interesting. 
So what what can you do to make it more attractive for young people to uh, come out and see you? At 25 people, you should be 50. How do you entice young people? Uh, we, we've been fortunate to gain some people here and there. I mean, we have an active Facebook account. Um, which we attract some members through because just as you were saying before, older people aren't as hip, so to speak, with with uh, social media. Um, we tried in the past. We've had some luck through the school systems, but they are not as willing to assist with the uh, the advertising purposes. We've offered to go up to our school system a few times and. Um, perhaps sit outside the lunchroom area with a table of a couple of personnel and, and try to gain some people that way. And well, God and, forbid and you might cut into you might cut into the time they're spending telling little boys that they're actually little girls and vice versa. And it's been it's been turned down in for multiple reasons. Possibly that they'd have to let everybody else come in and do this. I, I you know, we we have gotten some of our members have children school age and and we have a junior firefighter program and what was mentioned before earlier in the show about pioneer central having uh, an emt class you know uh, kids can take an emt class now at 17 and get certified versus 18 which was a a good move but the the training is is pretty extensive um we do ems stuff and we do fire stuff and you have to do both if you want to do both or if you just want to do one you can do that so david tell us how people can get in touch uh if they live in elma with their uh, fire volunteer fire service if they they could go on our facebook page we have the elma fire company uh facebook page um, if they'd send a message through there, uh, we would absolutely get back to them and uh, let them come down and see what we have to offer. It isn't, we're, we don't require references. If you know somebody, that's fine, but we'll figure it all out. The only thing that they're required to really do is they have to allow us to perform a, a background check to see if there's an arson conviction or a sex offense conviction in their past. That's all that we check for. We don't check for anything else. Um, that's, a, that's a mandatory thing statewide. Understood. Well, understand why. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you very much, Dave. I appreciate the call. All right. Thank you. All right. So go to Elma Fire Company uh, online, uh, Facebook, whatever, and uh, get more information if you live in Elma. Uh, I'm going to continue this into the next hour because, like I've said, sometimes talk radio absolutely cannot change the world, but sometimes maybe locally we can make a little bit of a difference if it's, it's all the same to you. All right, loves. So we will see you on the other side of the news. If you want to stack up the calls now, feel free to do it. 803-0930, star 930, and 1-800-616-WBEN. The more you stack up the calls now, the less I drone. Sounds like a pretty good uh, deal to me on News Radio 930 WBEN.